So, Dr. Williams, before I have you introduce yourself, um, how should, can I call you Katie? Can I call you Doc? Like, how should I refer to you while we, <laughs> yes, while we chat? What, what feels the best to you? You can call me anything you want. Dr. Katie, you can call me Katie, you can call me Dr. Williams. I answer to all of them. All of them. Okay, well, then we'll just see what comes out as we go along. Okay. Um, so what should we know about you? What should my audience know about you? Well, as far as what I do and what I offer, um, I am a psychologist. I have my doctorate in general psychology with emphasis in cognition and instruction. I also have my master's degree in counseling psychology. I was a therapist for several years, so I'm a licensed mental health counselor also. Um, other than that, I have spent numerous hours studying spirituality, so I consider myself a law of attraction spirituality expert. <laughs> that is so interesting to me. When I, when I heard your trailer for your podcast, I was like, that, like, we're just meant to meet because I consider myself a bit of an expert in other areas of spirituality and personal development, but law of attraction is not one. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so excited for you to talk to my audience today. I think one of the reasons that I have struggled with law of attraction that I would like you to dispel like this myth for me is I feel as though a lot of spiritually oriented people, they use law of attraction when they think they need something like it's like, oh, it's time to meet my spouse or it's time to get the car. And so I'm going to use law of attraction to help me get there. Whereas I think you're coming at it for more of a like, this is a way of life. This is a spiritual <laughs> truth that we all live with all the time. And so can you just talk to me about that? Like as a mental health psychologist and as a spiritually interested person, how did you become drawn to law of attraction and how do you see it as a part of our life? Yeah. Well, my own journey with law of attraction started a long time ago. I was still living with my parents and the secret came out, right? Are you familiar with the secret? Okay. So we all were like, oh my gosh, the secret, this is awesome. And I read the book and, and watched things on the secret. And I started thinking, I want to try this. I want to see if I can bring the stuff right? <laughs> because that's what most people are focused on is the stuff. And my favorite candy bar is a Caramello. And I was like, I'm just going to put it out there that I want a Caramello to come to me. Something simple. And I know, right? Seriously, like two weeks later, my boyfriend at the time randomly brought me a Caramello. Like he had never done that before. He was like, I just, I know you like this candy bar. So I brought it to you. And I was like, it works. It works. <laughs> But then I didn't really stick with it. It fell to the wayside, life got in the way, and I wasn't practicing deliberate creation anymore. Because the way I look at law of attraction is that's the universal system. That's the makeup of the universe. This is how creation works. And either you're doing it deliberately or by accident. So if you want to use law of attraction to bring in those things you want, whether it's the stuff or it's love or it's whatever, then you have to know how to create in a purposeful kind of way. So anyway, as far as the journey goes, I got out of using law of attraction. And then when my spiritual awakening started, 
about a year and a half, two years ago. It probably was longer than that because I was in, I, I was a Christian. I had a religious following and then that led me to my spiritual awakening. But once I found Abraham Hicks, I was like, oh my gosh, this is life. Yeah. And so then I started practicing it deliberately and I'm seeing how it works and I'm seeing how other people can change the way they think. And I don't want to use the word manipulate, but I kind of want to use the word manipulate, manipulate energy so that you can attract what you want. Here's the thing that surprises me as a listener of your podcast and as like a general fan. <laughs> I thought, and I think I fell into the, my own spiritual misconception, but I thought, oh, it's all, it's all of these episodes are going to be about maintaining health, getting the car, getting the guy. And it's so much more encompassing than that. And you're really willing to look at hard truths and things that are sometimes taboo, uh, things that are uncomfortable. So how do you, I mean, I have my opinion of how you're doing it, but how is it that you're able to talk about the things that we often can feel bad about without bringing your attraction down? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, sometimes I struggle with that. I've even said when recording an episode, like I have mixed energy about this. I have split energy because I really want to talk to you guys about what you could be changing in order to improve this. But by talking about it, I'm giving it energy and creating more of it. It's one of those weird conundrums because that's what's happening. What you give your attention to and your focus to grows. And that's how we have problems in the world. That's all the big problems we have in the world is because of focus on them. So if there's something that you don't like or you don't want, you cannot focus on it if you don't want to create more of it. And that's where most people are going wrong because it's that negative bad stuff that gets most of our attention when really that should just be a, a glimpse of, oh, this is something I don't want but now I have clarity about what I do want. And then we're supposed to switch focus at that point to what we really do want and help that to grow. So I had this, this idea the other day, and I want you to tell me if this is an accurate example of what you're talking about. I was thinking about, I would personally would like to see a lot more gun regulation. Um, and so I was thinking about, we have all this information about how bad guns are and about how unsafe, blah, 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 blah. Like we have, we have lots of information about the problem. And so I was thinking, how do I shift my thinking? And what I came to is, okay, I could focus on how are all the ways or what are some previous examples of when there's been major changes in legislation, when there's been seeming like miracles and healing polarization, like I could turn my focus to other examples of that, of like, of finding a solution. Mm-hmm. Would that be an example or would the example be just focusing on all the times I'm not worried about guns? Okay. This is a great example. Okay. It's terrific <laughs> because this, you're, you're highlighting something really important. You can either be lined up with the problem 
or the solution. And that's kind of what we were talking about when you're focusing. What are you focused on? All the negativity of it or what the solution is. Now, when you said you want gun regulation, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's really what you want. Correct. Yeah. What you really want is less violence. Correct. Yes. Thank you. Yep. Okay. So what would that look like? Let's just do it right now. Let's just talk about it and and see if you can bring out how you really feel about it. So imagining the world in the way you want it to be to where guns aren't needed, because I'm thinking that's what you're getting at, right? If people don't feel the need for violence, what does that world look like? Yeah, I want I want a world where everybody feels cared for where the people that would have the urge, like the people that I I now see as having an urge to pick up a gun, like that would never occur to them because they already feel cared for and their needs are met. Their basic needs are met. Yes. Yeah. You want a world where people feel love for one another, where people are in alignment with who they really are, because that's really where all violence is coming from is a lack of alignment. If somebody's in alignment, they're not going to be violent. Right, right. So you're looking for that awakening for everybody, that connection with true self. Even if there were still guns in the world, but people are in alignment, they wouldn't be using them in a violent way. Right, exactly. And I feel like it's, I'm looking for peace with allowing others it's like it's inner alignment, but it's also my inner alignment allows for other people to be whoever it is they're going to be. Yes. Like to me, it feels like there's so many people that have their their inner peace wrapped up and other people's pronouns and like who what who cares? I. So it's like that their own needs, their own alignment is not conditional to the outside world. Yes. Yeah, you just touched on another really big part of law of attraction. If you're so focused on the conditions, then your happiness, your feeling good status is all dependent on who's around you. Oh. The key is to find it within you so that nobody bothers you no matter what they're doing. And if you can do that, then you are deliberately creating your reality because you're always feeling good and attracting more things that make you feel good. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And I, I'm going to, I know this is a predictable question, but like following our example of the gun thing. So my assignment is to feel at peace and alignment in my own body and energy field so that I can create more of that and be in alignment with that and attract that. So what do you say to people that say, but then you're burying your head in the sand? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a lot of fights against things, right? There's mothers against drunk driving. Mm -hmm. There's the war against drugs. There's a lot of things where you're pushing against things. That never works. That never, ever works. Because all that is doing is adding resistance. You have to find flow. This is a downstream kind of thing. This is not a fighting to swim upstream kind of thing. So burying your head in the sand, not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing because if you are 
taking your attention away from the thing you don't want, you're not creating more of it. But the way to really create what you want, let's talk about deliberate creation for a minute. Yeah. Once you get clarity about it, and you know, you started talking about the kind of world that you would want that doesn't have violence in it. People are not wanting to use guns in a hurtful way against people. If you can really change your focus to that clarity and focus on those thoughts for 16 to 17 seconds, that will turn into more thoughts like them. And that is how you start building momentum toward what you want. Now, when you're doing that and purposely focusing your mind on those thoughts, you have to reach for the feeling of having it be the way you want it to be. That's the actual magic that makes it all come together is the feeling of it because the feeling is the communication with the universe. Law of attraction is giving you what you feel. So if you're feeling really good thinking about that world and what it's going to be like to live in that world, now you are creating that world. So it's not that anybody's burying their head in the sand where they can't see anything and they can't breathe. It's that they're burying themselves in the possibility of creating something more in alignment. The biggest misconception, I think, spiritually is when people look at God as being an external force, an external entity. Because really, God is all of us. We are all source energy. We are extensions of source energy. We are the ones creating our world. And the reason that we have all this negative stuff is because it's really easy to look at the stuff that gets our attention. But to be a deliberate creator, you have to be able to recognize it and go, this isn't something I want. So I'm going to do the hard thing and look away from it at the solution because that's what I really do want. And I'm going to put my energy into that and create that in the world. And it might not be for everybody at first, but more people are awakening. But what will happen is your world will be created in your image. It won't affect you. You just said so many big things in one breath. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. No, it's so fantastic. <laughs> I mean, so earlier you talked about what was important is that you get to the feeling. It's like you have to think the thoughts for the 16 to 17 seconds. I, I presume because that's the length of time it takes for your body to jump into the feeling. And we could talk about that in terms of an emotion, or we could talk about that in terms of vibrational frequency, but it's mm -hmm. one in the same. And so yes. then you said that we are all connections of source. And so that's that vibrational frequency of like, if we get into the feeling, then we attract what's at that frequency. Oh yes. my word. Yeah. That's and then the other thing you said that just knocked me over the head was that to change your focus, what some might call burying your head in the sand is really just changing your focus. And that's the harder thing to do. Yeah. Amen to that sister. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. But once you get used to it, then it gets easier. Yeah. Cause you see how much it serves you and you get all that positive reinforcement, or at least that's been my experience. Yes, absolutely. Wow. 
So do you have an example in your own life of something that like, does it put off a, a light bulb like, oh, I created this or I created that? Is there anything in your own life that's an example of law of attraction working? Oh, I have lots of examples. Um, my husband, the house in which we live. Yeah. Um, and what was, so here's the funny thing about my husband is I'd had a, I'd had a long-term boyfriend and then like years, and then we broke up. And about a year after being single, I talked to my parents and I was like, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to start dating, but like, there's nobody out there for me. And my parents were like, come on, Amy, like, let's make a list. And we made a list and we got like 70 to 80% through the list. And I looked up, I remember this so vividly. I looked up at my dad and I said, dad, this person does not exist. Like, this is too good to be true. This person does not exist. And he was like, Amy, it exists. Oh my God. Like, come <laughs> on, you. And I was like, no, I just, he goes, just write it anyway. Just write it and be willing Just write it down. And I was like, okay. And then they did the like, this or something better. This or something better. I was like, okay. Months later, I met my husband. And I tell you, he not only is he the list, but he makes it look easy. Like, mm -hmm. it's not like he's working to be the list. It's easy for him to be the list. Because he is the list. He just isn't. <laughs> it's just like, that's just who I am. Like, of course. Um, and it's wild to me. It's wild. And not only... There's two things that are wild about it. A is how effortless it is for him to be what was my dream that I thought was impossible is effortless for him. And then B, how easy he came into my life. Mm. And it, it wasn't like, oh, I had to do a bunch of dating or I had to jump through the hoops or anything. It was just like, oh, well, here you go. You're ready now. That's awesome. And that's how it all is, really, if you're allowing if you're in that state, that receptive mode, then everything comes in that you want in an easy way. And what happened when I think about him and I think about the house that we're in now, what happened with both of those is that I actually stopped thinking about it. Yeah. Like when I first called it in, I thought about it a lot and it was like, here's what I'm going to do. Here's... And then it got to a point of like, it'll be here when, it, when it's ready and when I'm ready. And I just stopped worrying about it. Yeah. Which I, I forget that. I mean, I'm so out of practice with law of attraction. I feel like I it's, it's a lot of efforting and it's a lot of focus on what it is I think that I want and I want to be in alignment with. But then it's like you effort and then you're just in alignment. Is that your experience of it? Well, I'm glad you brought up efforting. My, my husband hates it when I use that word, but I use it all the time because <laughs> efforting actually works against you in a lot of ways. I mean, that's not inspired action. Inspired action is always good, but efforting, that sounds like struggle, like resistance, like you're really efforting to make something happen. And if that's the case, you're working against yourself. That just means you're trying to get into action before it's time, but you letting it go, that was the best thing you could have done because that was faith, right? You're like, it'll come when it comes. And then you just... Go on living your happy life and enjoying everything, being satisfied. And then all of a sudden, here it comes. That's how everything comes. So I have my hunch about this, but I want to ask you, how do you know the difference between efforting and inspired action? Mm -hmm. Well, for me, inspired action 
hits me in a really big way. And I'm like, that is brilliant. That is the best idea I've ever had. And, and when I feel it, I can't wait to take action on it. When you feel that, like I've got to do something about this right now, then you know that's coming from your source. That's your inner being going, here you go. Here's, here's the next thing on your path. And that's when I would run in here and record an episode or something, you know, because it feels brilliant. Yep. That's, that's, so I, everybody that listens to my podcast will know I'm always going to come back to emotions and the way things feel. So for me, the difference between efforting and inspired action is whether or not it feels like work. Like, does yeah. it feel fun or does it feel like work? And when I was making the list with about like, who's my husband going to be? It was fun. It was so fun. It was impossible. Um, and then when we were manifesting the house, we were just talking. We were just like on the couch daydreaming. Like, what do we want our life to be like? And it wasn't, and it wasn't even with the goal of manifestation. It was just with the goal of enjoying each other and daydreaming. Mm -hmm. That's the sweet spot. When you're not trying to make something happen, you're just doing it for the satisfaction of it. If you can live your life like that, well, it's a magical life. Mm. So... I want to talk to you about what I experience as a struggle with law of attraction. And I'm, I don't want to like lead up the answer, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you have an answer for this. I'm, I'm, I'm so hesitant to ask this question. So to me, what happens is I, sometimes I'll have an inspired action moment and I'll have a vision of what I would like to attract or create. And immediately following that, all of my own obstacles will be brought to my attention. And then I get derailed. So I'm assuming that's why you offer coaching. Like when I first saw like law of attraction coaching, I was like, what the heck does that even mean? But then I've been sitting with it. I'm like, oh, well, I might have some ideas <laughs> of what that means. But is that is that, a is that an actual phenomenon or am I just making that up that like sometimes when we're trying to attract something, all of a sudden there's all these like kind of roadblocks that, or, or wounds that need healing that come to the surface? I think you're speaking to something that happens to most people, that when you become aware of something you want, all of a sudden you start arguing for your limitations and start going with the doubt like, oh, what? but I can't because of this or this or this or it's not coming. And then that gives you anxiety, right? You're like, no, wait, I'm trying to manifest here. I'm to, <laughs> I want this. And then I'm getting in my way by talking about all the ways that I can't have it. That's like throwing rocks on your path. Oh, my gosh. Arguing for my limitations. Like, that could be my middle name. <laughs> that, I mean, Wow. And it doesn't, if, if you hadn't named it that, I wouldn't have said that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I would have said, no, I'm just reading the weather. Like that's, that, that is what it is. Is that's just the weather, Katie. Yeah, right. Because it feels so true. Well, a lot of, a lot of deliberate creation comes with creativity in your thoughts. You have to be thinking about things that aren't really existing yet. And that's backwards from how we've been trained to live life. When you're looking at what is, you're actually, unless you're appreciating it, 
if you're in a state of appreciation about what is, that's a good place to be. But when you have clarity about something you want, and now you're looking at all the reasons that exist in your reality as to why it's working against you, then it's working against you as a deliberate creator. You are focusing on the resistance instead of allowing. But there's another important piece that I want to, I want to touch on because when I first started using law of attraction or I can't even say using it. It's, it's just a given. It's just something that exists. But when I started deliberate creating, deliberately creating, I realized I was ruminating my thoughts about what I wanted. Like, Oh, I really want this house or I really want this car. And I would focus on it a lot thinking, well, I need to ask more if I want to receive it, but that's not the case. There's no need for you to consciously ask for anything. The asking happens automatically. As soon as you experience something you don't want, boom, the opposite exists. I mean, it could be you slipped and fell and you don't, you're not going to think, oh, well, now I need to start manifesting less falls. No, you just slipped and fell and you get up and you move on. But in that moment, you experience the contrast, which was, ouch, I don't like falling. And in your vibrational reality, you now have created more balance or more steadiness. Because every time you experience contrast, you are creating what you really do want in that clarity. But you don't have to be aware of it. It's just happening. Right. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm just getting so many like images of even just my last week of things of like, oh yeah, I, this happened and I immediately knew this is not what I want. <laughs> yeah. There's other things I could want instead of this. Wow. Well, do you want to talk about one of those? Is there something that you would want to turn around? Something that's kind of nagging at you? Sure. I... So lately I have had some health issues and it all just points back to inflammation um, and probably stress and, you know, um, and I, I have been noticing that I've been going, oh, I have this issue. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I'm, oh, there must be something wrong. Like, it's like, I'm trying to figure out the root cause of me not feeling good. Um, rather than focusing on how, like, I know the answer to how to feel better. I actually do know the answer to that, but I'm so busy being worried about like, oh, I must be, I must have a gluten allergy or what, you know, whatever it is that I'm not in alignment with feeling better. Yeah. So justifying it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I'm arguing for well, of course I would be sick. I mean, I'm, I'm stressed or, or like, I don't know how to be 37. I knew how to be 32, but I don't know how to be 37. Like, like it's harder to be 37 or something. So the first thing that came to my mind when I I heard you talking about that is beliefs and our beliefs are thoughts. We continue to think is all they are. So if they're serving us, it's great. But if they're not, then they will continue to not, right? Because a belief is anchored. Mm. 
So what is, is your belief? So you're having this health issue. Is it that you believe it's because you're stressed or because you have an underlying illness? What is the belief? My belief is that I am not willing to take care of myself to the point of being able to live in alignment. Wow, that's a big one. If living in alignment is just, if it's, if it's just going for a walk, well, I could do that. But if like, if living in alignment means I have to actually prioritize myself, well, then I'm not willing to do that. Wow. And why aren't you willing to do that? My body is telling me, like when I, when I tell my body, I'm going to take care of myself, my body tells me then I will lose something. Like my husband will leave me or we will go bankrupt. Like something terrible will happen fear. if I actually prioritize myself. There's that, yeah. And it's like, there's that fear is so big that it, it doesn't feel rational. It just feels like, again, like it's the weather. Like my body's just like, obviously mm -hmm. something terrible will happen if you take a nap. Like, <laughs> okay. So fear is a big one. And fear is the root of a lot of people's health issues. Mm. So Abraham Hicks always says that nobody has ever died from an illness, but lots of people die from fear of illness. Mm. It's the fear that gets in there and starts breaking you apart and you start manifesting these illnesses because of the fear. But understanding that fear, I'm just going to think for a minute. So I had a fear. I had a really deep seated fear. And I actually had postpartum depression really bad after my second son. And I had these fears that he was going to die. Like in really random ways, like a tree falling on him. And, and I was kind of having these thoughts and I had anxiety because of it. And then I went to an Abraham Hicks seminar and Abraham tells you at every seminar, your question will get answered, whether it's you coming up on stage or somebody else. What happened was this man came and he asked a question about parenting. And the answer for me was, if your child is in, is in danger, if your child is ever in danger, you will feel that kind of inspired action to go, to go to your child. And that was such a comfort to me because sitting in my worry was not allowing me to be in my alignment, but knowing that when I am in my alignment, I will get the urge to go to my child when they need me, help me to let go of the worry and trust and have faith in that alignment that everything I'm going to need in any given moment, I will know. Alignment is the only way to diminish fear. And it gives you everything you need in any given moment. So it should always be the top priority. And it's, we're back to the like, it's burying your head in the sand. Like the world is telling me, look at the fear. And you're telling me, look at the alignment. What do you do to get aligned? I usually take some breaths, like I just sit 
still and I breathe. And then I ask myself, what do I know to be true? Hmm. And I don't ever know, like I'm asking myself that or my higher self or my angels or my guides or whoever, but I ask the question, like, what do I know to be true? And that pretty quickly brings me to a place of peace of like, I know I'm loved. I know I'm a divine energy in a human body. Like I can kind of get back to the spiritual truth that, that I do believe that I just haven't been focused on. Yeah. When you are feeling your fear or your worry or your, are you aware of the thoughts that are contributing to those emotions? You're not. Okay. I, I'm very aware of my feelings when they're loud. There's a lot of times when my feelings are driving me that I don't realize they're driving me. And I don't realize the thoughts that I'm having. Like, I think that I'm thinking, oh, we're getting out the door on time. We're going to school on time, blah, blah, blah. And then in hindsight, I realize, oh, I was thinking everybody's going to judge me if we're late. It's like, I'm not really aware of my thoughts. I think that I am, but in hindsight, I discover differently. So that would be a good place for you to put in some efforting. (laughs) 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 Because your thoughts are powerful. But, and really, you don't have to know the specific thought. If you know you're feeling bad, then you know that you're having a thought that's contributing to that. And if you know you're feeling good, then you know that you're in alignment. I mean, really, it is black and white like that. Of course, emotions are on a continuum, but they lean one way or the other. Mm -hmm. There's a tipping point for sure. Right. So when you notice you're having those, those moments where you're not feeling so good, If you can tune in to your thoughts, even if you don't know which one contributed to it, you can try out some different ones. Just try some thoughts and feel your way through it and just try to choose some better feeling thoughts. That's how you raise your vibration and get back into alignment when you're not in it. Okay, so I have to ask you a really hard question now. Oh my gosh, I'm ready. And then I'm, and then I'll let you say whatever you want to say. Okay. But you're a mental health professional. You're a doctor. And I'm really curious if you, both you as a coach and just anybody listening, if somebody's working on trying to change their thoughts and they are persistently struggling, consistently struggling with something, how do you know when it's worth doing some healing work versus just trying to get into alignment? Like when the problem maybe has some extra stickiness or has something that does need to be looked at? Is there ever a a quote problem or a wound that needs to be looked at? Or should we always just try to move into alignment? I think alignment is always the answer. There's only one answer to every problem because all solutions are within alignment. And they come to you with when you're in alignment. All solutions are within alignment. And you may not, it may be different for different people because we're all so unique and individual, but you won't align up with the solution until you're aligned with your source. So that's why that's always the answer. It doesn't matter if it's schizophrenia or depression or anxiety or grief. You know, you're talking about healing which I don't think that looking at the problem is really 
helpful. And most mental health professionals do that, right? They talk about the problem. Yeah, tell me about your mother. <laughs> right. <laughs> but with law of attraction, since I understand the universal law, I know that any energy and focus you're putting toward the problem is helping the problem to grow. Unless you're finding the solution and lining up with that. So I get a lot of clients that will come to me and they will say, I'm trying to heal this situation with this person, dead or alive, doesn't matter. And I did this forgiveness retreat, I did this meditation retreat, I've done this, I've done this. But I keep having, I keep running into the same behavior pattern or the same emotional pattern and I haven't been able to heal it. And so my concern is, is it ever possible that, that some things require further investigation rather than, or, or here, let me give you an example. So if somebody's like, they, they have a, a painful relationship with their mother and they've done the meditation retreat, they've done the forgiveness retreat and the relationship's not better. Like, I guess I'm saying they haven't done a law of attraction retreat but it's like, how do you move into alignment without finding forgiveness or I guess, or, or is it like that moving into alignment is synonymous with like a letting go? That's a, that's a good way to look at it. So recently I was able to resolve a conflict without working it out with the person. And it's the first time in my life I've ever done that. Okay. Oh, I do that all the time. You do? Yeah, I well, I'm always the problem, you see. So, <laughs> so it's like, oh, if I'm upset, it's because I didn't do something right. So I'll just like right. solve it on my end and then, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, if people were doing that, if they understood that and they have a relationship issue, there would never ever be an issue, right? Because they know that I just have to change something within myself and that relationship will improve. I mean, really, that's the goal. It's when we're, you're, you're, we're kind of back to the conditional thing where you need someone else to be a certain way in order for you to be happy. That's never going to work. And that person isn't going to change for you because you're pushing against them and saying you're doing this, this, and this, and I don't like it. That's never going to work. But if you can find that state of being where the thing about alignment, when you align with your source, it feels so good. There's nothing that feels better. And when you find that feeling and you can hold it there, that is law of attraction at work to build momentum and bring you more good feeling. And then you just won't see those negative things anymore. You'll start to see the positive things in the relationship. So I think what's happening is I think that people come to me thinking that if they know the why, why did this happen to me? that then they will have peace. If they can understand the purpose, that then they'll have peace. But really what they want is the peace. Do you think that maybe what they want to hear is that the other person was at fault? I think a lot of times they want to hear that your pain had meaning. There was purpose behind it. You didn't just have a random human experience just because. 
I would agree with that. I think that the pain does have meaning. That's the contrast. That's the negative experience that helps you to understand more about what you want. And that's what people are so good at. That's why we have relationships is so that people can, it sounds, it sounds bad saying it this way, but it's true. People create negative experiences for us to help us gain clarity about what we want and who we really are. Without them there to present that to us, we wouldn't know. But it's really all an internal, it's all an inner um, journey. It's all about learning who you are. It's not really about the other person and how they're treating you. And really, just by changing yourself, you will raise your vibration and that other person being around you will change also. Because if you can be the dominant vibration, the other people raise up to you. So the work is all here. It's all here. And I get what you're saying, that people want validation. Yeah. You know, that's a big thing. That's a big thing in therapy. People come because they want to be validated in their feelings. Mm-hmm. And I shy away from that a little bit because it anchors you in it. If I validate the way you feel and I'm like, well, I would feel angry like that too if somebody treated me that way. Now you are even more cemented in that and feeling like you're justified. You can't really let it go when you get heavier. You want to make it lighter so that you can let it go. I feel like we live in a yes and universe where it's like, yes, your feelings are valid. I hear them. I respect them. And like, this is what's possible if you can shift into alignment. Yeah. Like it's that. Sure. Of course. And also, (laughs) And also, let's see if we can jump up the emotional scale a little bit. You know, right. we don't have to go from depression to bliss, but let's let's move from depression to anger. And then we can go from anger to peace. Like, let's just. Yes. Yeah, that's if I was in therapy again in a mental health setting, that's what I would do. I would promote anger in people who are depressed. And that's so opposite from what most mental health professionals would do. But you're right. You have to gradually increase your emotional state, which gradually increases your vibrational frequency, which then, of course, gradually increases the possibility of bringing the things to you that you want. Oh, my gosh. Dr. Williams, this has just been such an amazing conversation. I'm so glad that we have met. But I, I also want to know, like, how is it, how is it that you, I, I've come to know you from your podcast, but how is it that, that you do work with people? So I offer personal alignment sessions, um, co-creation sessions, either privately or for the podcast, where we can just talk about what it is you want. And I can try to help you understand some of those underlying beliefs that are either serving you or not serving you and help practice deliberate creation so that you are lining up with those things you want, lining up with the solutions instead of the problems. What is the, what does that mean? Like, do you vision board with people? Like what does deliberate creation mean? It's mostly about what you're thinking and feeling and it's just practice, but I do promote meditation. Meditation is one of the biggest things that I, I promote when working with people, but a, a very specific alignment kind of meditation where you just 
stop your thoughts instead of like a guided meditation. I mean, all meditations have their benefit. Um, what I like to promote is that connection with your inner being because that's where all of your true power is. And just spending 15 to 20 minutes a day not thinking is how you can raise your vibration and then start hearing messages from your source, which guides you. And I, I think meditation is, is big. But also, um, I promote unconditional appreciation. And that can be a tough one. And I help guide people on their thoughts on how to appreciate things that are not in your environment as a way to raise your vibration. When you say unconditional appreciation, it doesn't sound tough. It sounds lovely. <laughs> <laughs> could you do it right now? Is there something that you could think about appreciating that has nothing to do with your living environment? With my living environment. So like, Can you give me an example of what not, I feel like everything is my living environment. I know that's <laughs> most things are conditional. I mean, music, I, I can appreciate music. Like what, uh, that's a condition too. Okay. It would be like, I love the feeling of clarity. Oh, I, I love the feeling of inspired action. Yeah. Um, I love the feeling of intimacy and connection with, with all of life, how I can feel like I'm in an intimate relationship with this great thing that is infinite. And I can't like, my brain can't understand it, but I can feel like I'm connected. Yeah. I love that feeling of like, this is impossible. And yet I'm doing it. Um, I love the feeling of, well, now I'm dropping out. I'm like, oh, this isn't real. Um, okay. Like I was able to get there for like 10 seconds. Um, but I love the, almost. <laughs> almost. I love the feeling of knowing that I can't do it wrong. Yeah. Of like, I'm just, I'm source. So I'm, I'm already source. I can't mess that up. Yeah. I love knowing I'm an extension of source energy. Yes. Um, and I love, I love the feeling of expansion. And I think one of the things I channeled a long time ago is that love, growth, and expansion are all the same thing. Mm. Like it's, I love it's that. it all feels very energetically. It's very, very similar. Um, and so are those unconditional appreciations? Okay. L feelings are a good one. Feelings are a good one to focus on, those good feelings. And when you're appreciating them, you can actually start to feel them. And so that is raising your vibration and putting you in a better state. So even in those moments where you're not feeling that way naturally, that's something that you can do. You can purposely focus on some unconditional things you appreciate and start to raise your vibration up and feel better. So when you said unconditional appreciation, I thought you meant I'm, I can appreciate everything, all of the conditions. But oh. what you meant is appreciating what is not conditional. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which is sort of like saying, I appreciate the spiritual truths about the world that are always true no matter what. Yeah. Or at least for me, that's what it would come back to. 
Yeah, I love that. But that's kind of like retraining. Yeah, it's like retraining our brain to, to not look at the what is. You're putting yourself into a different frame of thinking. And you are focusing on deliberate creation and appreciating and being. I mean, we are human beings. What are you being in this moment? Well, I want to be clarity. Ooh. That feels good to me. Yeah. Yeah. I always want to be love. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I just, I can't tell you how amazing this conversation has been. And I'm sure that my listeners will love it. And anybody that listens to the Living Out Love podcast would, I think you should definitely go check out the Dr. Williams podcast because we, we, ha we have the same things to say, but we say them differently. And yeah, <laughs> there's a lot, there's just definitely a lot of overlap and they're both about personal development and about creating a life that you love. Um, so I just thank you so much for being here. And, and I also just anything else you'd like to say, how can people find you, you know? Oh, um, you can find me on all the social media platforms, Dr. Williams podcast on Facebook and Instagram. I've got a TikTok, a Twitter, uh, my website is drwilliamspodcast.com and you can find all the ways to work with me there. Um, but my last message that I would like to say is um, I just want to reinforce that all of the power of creation is within you, in each of you. And you can harness that by first knowing it and by second being it. Be empowered. It's all within you. What a mic drop, Dr. Williams. What a mic drop. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to have you back. Like some, something's going to happen and I'm going to be like, Katie, come coach me. <laughs> come back and coach me on this. Oh, Amy, I love working with you. I always have such a good time. All right. Well, thanks again. Bye, everybody. Bye.